world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. This week, in this special episode of Parents Are Hard To Raise, Diane speaks emotionally about her mum's devastating diagnosis and sends a heartfelt thanks to all our listeners for their well wishes for Annette. Parents Are Hard To Raise is now available on Spotify and its 180 million monthly subscribers. Parents are hard to raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. So many of you have sent emails of well wishes for my mom. I had mentioned that she was going in for tests. And I want to thank you, first of all, for, for so many. I, I, I couldn't respond to everyone. There were just um, thousands of emails um, of concern and 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 uh, of well wishes for my mom. And I just want to thank you all for those. It means so much to me and to my mom. And so, you know, we had to, my mom had um, a biopsy uh, done last week and um, we got, we got the results. We had to go this week to see the oncologist and the results were not good at all, not favorable at all. They were, um, we we were shocked, honestly, uh, you know, how this vibrant woman could just get a diagnosis like this. And, and um, you know, for not much that the medical community can do for her. And um, I... I, I, I'm I'm so overwhelmed about it, and you know when we we were waiting for the oncologist to come in, you know my mom kept saying I, I know it's bad, you know I know it's bad, and we kept saying listen, you know we don't know what it is. Um, the one test was inconclusive, and and we didn't know, and um, you know when he came in and he told us that um, there really isn't much that can be done, um, and there's a you know, he, he gave us a, a time frame and we're looking at him like, oh my gosh, you know, how, how can that be? And my mom, you know, how, what, do, what do we say to her? How do, how do we, how do you comfort someone like, you know, what do you say? And because we all just sat there and, you know, my mom said, I knew I was going to come in and, and get a death sentence. And I guess because oncologists, some are so, you know, you have to be a kind-hearted person, I would imagine, to be an oncologist. And But I guess because they go through and, and tell people and have to just kind of give facts, and it seems cold no matter how you present it. Now, maybe it's because the news is so cold. And, and you know, 
And of course, he asked us, you know, he told us, you know, certain things. And, and of course, you know, my father said, well, what about surgery? You know, I had, you know, I had lymphoma and this is what they did. And, you know, what? And he said, no, they're, you know, that is impossible here. And, you know, we said, okay. He said, now some people opt for no treatment, you know, and, and some people opt for uh, chemo. My mother said, well, I, I opt for chemo. I, I want to live. And, you know, we said, well, what's the, you know, what's the prognosis? And of course he gives you statistics, which I guess is what he has to do. Well, statistically, you know, and statistically with the chemo or, or without, there's not much of a difference, which is shocking. You know, when someone hears cancer, you think, you just think cancer. You don't realize there's so many different cancers and varieties and, you know, where it is and, and treatments are different. And so we left there, uh, you know, in shock. And then we went home and, you know, I, I, I feel if my mom's going to talk about it, you know, then we, we talk about it if she's not, you know, when she's ready to talk about it. And, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of didn't know what to say or what to do. You know, you, you, you just, and, you know, my mom said to me, call your sister, you know, and call your brother. Did you text them? You know, and I said, no, you know, I, I wasn't going to text them. You know, I said, ah, I was going to call them, you know, when we got home and she said, no, call them, you know? And so of course I call my sister and, you know, and she's, she wasn't expecting that either. You know, you're just not expecting news like that. And, and so she said, well, there has to be something, you know, there has to be something. And my brother-in-law is, is saying, well, I'm going to look, you know, there's got to be clinical trials. That's, you know, I'm going to look. And I, I, you know, I said, well, there, there, there just isn't anything. There is no cure or, you know, or, or treatment really. And so, um, you know, the, the chemotherapy is going to help her get through, you know, the time that she has left. And so, you know, your mom, you know, you know, your mom is 89 years old, your dad is 90 years old, and you know that we're all going to die and they're going to die, you know, but you still, I still, you know, I still can't fathom my life without my mom, because it's your mom. And, you know, she's always been like, a take charge, you know, person, a happy person and uh, someone who, you know, she'll solve anything for you. And, you know, I talk to her every day and you can't, I can't imagine life without her. And, but I, you know, I say, well, but I have to be strong for her, you know, and people are saying to me, well, you have to be strong. And what does that mean? <laughs> you know, I, I know I do it, it, you know, and I, I would never just, you know, cry to my mom, oh my gosh, because this poor woman, you know, has things that she has to deal with. We have to deal with as a family. And, you know, my dad, you know, it, it's hitting him after a few days. I, I, I get, it's sinking in. Like he said, I, I can't, I don't understand. How could that be? You know, how could that be this time frame, you know, how could this short period of time that doesn't make sense, you know? And so, you know, now he's having, he, he feels like he can't breathe. And, you know, with your spouse, how, how, how do you, how do you comfort 
both of them. And my mom is worried about him. Who's going to take care of him? You know, and I said, Mom, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm here. You know, I said, we have to, you know, we have to figure it out. And my my brother and sister are in a different state. They're not close by. And I'm I'm an hour and a half to two hours away. So now, you know, I said, we have to have a plan. We have to figure it out. You know, we... You have to have a plan, but you know, you push that, you know, you do, and you know, your parents aren't going to be around forever, but they were, they're, they're both, you know, vibrant people. You heard them, you know, they, they busy doing things. People would say to me, oh my gosh, first of all, you're so lucky that, you know, you still have both parents, you know, and, and one's, your mom's 89, your dad's 90. And, and they're so, they're, they, they're like, they're 70, you know, that that's how they are. And, and I, People are calling me, you know, and, and saying, is there anything I can do? Um, you know, family and friends, and oh my gosh, they mean well, and they want to lend a hand, and you need that support system. But it's also hard, I think, because, you know, like my mom, I because I'm there, I've been there, you know, she looks for me, and yeah maybe someone else can't comfort her like I can. Someone can probably drive her to a doctor appointment. But, you know, and I know from, you know, dealing with my mother-in-law, I know from, you know, my experience dealing with the elderly, you know, they get, they they feel secure with one person. You know, I remember my mother-in-law, she always wanted my son. Uh, her son. She always wanted my husband. She always wanted her son. That one person makes you feel secure. Now, I'm sure my brother and sister make my mom feel secure, but right now, I'm the one who's here. And even though they don't want you to go crazy, and they don't want you to be there all the time, and they don't want you to feel bad, and she said, don't you worry about me. You know, and I said, I'm not going to worry about you. I'm not worried about you, but of course I am. How, How could I not? And So I don't know. I don't know. I have all these emotions running through me, you know, and I don't want to talk to people at times. And at times, you know, when people are calling and so you don't want to be rude and you people offering help and you want to talk to them and you want to, you know, I say thank you and I appreciate that. And, you know, my cousins will say, I can take, you know, I can stop by, I can go shopping for her. And yes, they can. And I am certainly going to take them up on that, you know, and, or I can drive her to doctor appointments or I can drive her to chemo. And, and that's something, you know, that if she wants then that's okay, you know, but if she feels like she needs me to do it, then that's okay too. And I know there's so many people that have gone through this. You've gone through it with a spouse or a mom or a dad, you know, and you get through it somehow, but, you know, your whole life, it it can just, change, you know, in, 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 in a moment. And so for all of you that have your mom and dad, you know, uh, give them a hug, you know, call them up, um, make them laugh. There's one thing that I can do. I can make my mother and father laugh. Not that I tell jokes. It's just me. <laughs> it's just, they laugh because I'm, 
I'm not the most court, you know, first of all, you know, I pronounce names wrong, that that's something, but I'm not the most coordinated person, or I just, um, you know, I'm like a, a bull in a china shop, you know, um, I went shopping for my mom, you know, the other day, and she had this list. And of course, you have to get that generation, it has to be these specific, you know, uh, brands of, you know, um, of butter, and she has like 14 different kinds of butter on there, you know, on the list, the tub butter and the sticks and, and it got, and if you can't find that certain brand, you know, and my husband goes one way with the car. And so I said, I'll go the other way. And she wanted these renews it's. And so she wanted six of them. And so I don't have a car. I don't have a basket. The store is jam packed. And so I, just I'm holding my purse. I'm holding my cell phone. I'm holding her shopping list. I'm holding the the circular from the store because she circled things in there. She gave me a list and she circled things in there. And so I'm trying to find things in this circular and she gave me the wrong one. She gave me the one that starts on Saturday and uh, or Sunday and I'm there on Saturday. I come to find out. So I'm like, okay. So I have all these six renews it's, you know, in my hand and I'm trying to find my husband because he's got the the car and the store is so packed, you can imagine. And people are everywhere. And I'm not familiar with this store because I haven't shopped in this store. So I don't know where anything is. And then she has two pounds of sugar, not one, but two. And so now I see the guy, you know, um, he's putting sugar. He's I guess it was on sale probably because you know, he's there with the pallet of sugar and he's trying to put it away. And I go up to him and of course my renews, it's full, all in his pallet of sugar. <laughs> and so the poor guy is like, oh, you know, he looks up and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, he says, it's okay. I'm like, he goes, do you need sugar? I'm like, well, yeah, but I need two. So trying to coordinate two pounds of sugar in the renews, it's, he kind of, you know, piled everything on me. So I find my husband, I dump them in the cart and then I'm on to the Tropicana orange juice. And so th there's another, um, you know, clerk putting them in the case. So I see him and he's making stacks of them, piling them up. So I thought I was taking, because there was people all around, and I was trying to just kind of slide in. I thought I was taking the top one. Well, I didn't. I took like... I guess a middle one and they all fell and he looks at me. I go, Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. I said, let me help you pile them back up. No, no, ma'am. Don't worry about it. He says, no, no, no. Like he, he couldn't wait to get rid of me. So I was like, Oh my gosh. So I tell my mother and father that, you know, I tell them and they laugh. So, okay. I can make them laugh. Um, because I, I, I don't know what else to do. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I can be there. Um, I, I don't know. I know I have to be a daughter. And of course, you know, I'm saying to my mom, you know, she's sitting in the recliner and I'm saying to her, what do you want me to do for you? I got to do, you know, because I feel like I have to do something. I'm like, let me vacuum. Let me dust. No, no, just sit down. Sit down. No, I said, sit down, put your feet up. I'm like, no, I got to do something. No, no, no. I finally convinced her to let me, you know, dust because I feel like I got to do something. And so I dust like two pieces of furniture in there and, and in her living room. And then she says, stop 
stop, stop. And I'm like, my, I only did two pieces. Now you have some, you know, dust or some. No, come and sit by me. Talk to me. So, you know, I have to do that. I have to, you know, and, you know, part of me is just like, I got to do something. I ha- I have to do things for her, you know, but, um, but I know I have to just be a daughter. I have to just sit there and, and talk to her and spend time with her. And I, you know, I think, I don't know how I'm going to get through. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to get through the next several months. And I don't know how I'm going to get my father through the next several months. But I, I know I will. I, I just, and I don't know. My mother is going to be worried about all of us, you know, as a mother. I mean, that's what she worries about. You know, my husband was outside doing something outside for her. And she's like, he has to come in. He's going to catch a cold. You know, she's a mother. And she'll always be a mother. And she'll always be my mother. And so I want you to just hug your mom. If you have your mom. If you have your dad, just hug him. And and keep keep us in your thoughts. And keep us in your prayers. And I so appreciate all your emails. And... If you have a if you have a glass of wine tonight, have a glass of wine for my mom. <laughs> Make a toast to her and to your mom. Because nothing replaces your mom. Love you, mom. I want to thank Lipstick Bodyguard because they've been with us from the beginning. They've been a sponsor of ours from the beginning. And um they told me, you know, don't don't uh, do our commercial in this episode because this was such a, a personal episode for me. And they said, no, please don't do it. And I just want to thank them because from the bottom of my heart that they've supported me and this show since the beginning. So thank you very much, Lipstick Bodyguard. Remember, I love getting your emails and your questions, so please keep sending them in. You can reach me at Diane at ParentsAreHardToRaise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. And please, if you like the show, give us a five-star rating because that will help other people find our show. And also, if you're listening, you know there's so many new ways to listen to our show. Please show someone else how to listen as well. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, may you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week.